Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. What are some other idols that we deal with? Worry is an idol. Worry is the worship of our circumstances. And you might say, but isn't that my job as a parent? Well, sometimes it seems like it ought to be because we do it so well. (laughs) But it's a complete waste of our time and energy. It accomplishes nothing. And its fruit is anxiety. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect podcast. So today I'm going to be talking with the parents that are learning to let go. You're welcome to listen in no matter what stage of parenting you're in, because someday you're going to be letting go if your kids are little. And for some of you, it may be right around the corner and still others, maybe you already are in that empty nest season of life. Your kids are living on their own. And quite honestly, there are still things you are struggling with letting go of. So today we're going to be talking about six things every empty nest parent needs to let go of. And it's really been a a hard journey Um, I know for Mark and I, we are constantly reminding each other of the things that we have to let go of, and it's helpful to label them. It's helpful to have some sort of a um, name to put on them and to have some practical ways in which to do that as well. So I hope to provide that for you today. Now, as you either think about the future and your kids being gone, or you think about the current and your kids are gone, my first question for you is, are you a boohooer or a woohooer? <laughs> Which one are you? You know, and maybe you're both. I mean, honestly, a lot of us are often both, but the woohoo There's a sense of excitement about what the future holds, having more time to do the things that you maybe put on hold, all of those kind of emotions where there is a little bit of a sense of excitement. The boohoo is a sadness that um, hands-on parenting is over. Maybe you really, really enjoyed it. For some of us, particularly moms, if if you were a stay-at-home mom, your whole life for 20 plus years has been raising children. And so some of your boohooing may be, what do I do with myself? And 
Uh, I certainly understand that. That's part of the reason I wrote my Empty Nest Full Life book and particularly even created the journal that goes along with it because it really, I think, helps moms to take an inventory of their life and see what they have left to contribute in this world, uh, what they still have to contribute in this world, what motherhood has actually prepared them for to leverage in the empty nest season of life. So that is certainly a very real emotion that many of us have and struggle with. But whether you're a boohooer or a woohooer, you still need to know the six things that every empty nest parent needs to let go of. So with that in mind, let's just jump right in. And the very first thing that we need to let go of is letting go of expectations. Letting go of expectations. Man, this one is a tough one for us um, because I think that often expectations are in place and we don't even know it. So let me give you some real specific expectations that I have found have made a difference in the empty nest season of life. So one of the first ones is really you have to let go of expecting to know things you used to know. Okay. I can remember when my son was in college and he hadn't been home for a couple of months and he came home and he had a beard. And I know that this sounds silly, that he had a beard and that that was a big deal. But when he would have been at home, I would have seen the process. I would have probably known about the process of him deciding to grow a beard because he was an external processor and he would like talk, 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 talk about things. So I probably would have, you know, I would have known that he was thinking about growing a beard. I would have seen the beard in process, but I didn't. So it's those kind of I mean, sometimes silly things. I mean, that's an appearance thing, but there might be other things that they make a decision about. I don't know. They change jobs and you don't find out until they've started their new job. That's an expectation that you might have of knowing things that in the past you would have known, but now they're living their own life and you may not know those things right away when they happen. Another expectation that we have to be careful of is we have to be careful of expecting their priorities to be the same as ours. This one's tough um, because as our kids forge their own life, they now have the freedom to determine their own priorities. So you've laid the foundation, but they get to determine what kind of house they'll build on that foundation. And this is hard. I remember um, our pastor and his wife did an interview on parenting one time, and she said this. She said, if they decide to build a shack on the foundation you laid for them, your job is to pray they'll eventually tear down that shack and build the beautiful castle you laid the foundation for. Oh, my goodness. I wrote that down um, because it was such a reminder. You know, they won't always build what you imagined, especially at first. So one of the hardest things I found in learning to let go is, you know, honestly, for 20 years, I determined their priorities for them, right? I helped them make good decisions. Their priorities aligned with mine because they really didn't have any other choice. I mean, as as they got older, 
you know, certainly they could use their time and their teen years a little bit differently, but it's really important that we recognize that their priorities just simply may not line up with ours. So we have to not have that expectation anymore. Here's another one. We have to stop expecting them to communicate with you like you want them to. I mean, every kid is different and their need to connect with you and other family members, it, it will vary as well. With some kids, you'll only hear from them when they need something. Others will loop you into nearly every day of their life. And your job is actually to adjust to the pace that they set. Now, I know that's hard. And, and you might be going, wait a minute, but what about the pace I want to set? And you can certainly you can certainly present that to them. You can say, hey, I would love to talk with you at least once a week. But if they're like, I don't really desire that, then you have to find some middle ground between what they want and what you want. And reality is, and they can choose to set that pace. And so what's important is that you communicate what you would desire directly. Like, I'd love to chat once a week. What about Thursday nights? Rather than indirectly in a passive aggressive way. I sure would love to hear from you more than once a year. No guilt trips, no sarcastic comments, no underhanded manipulating that gets in the way. Straightforward, honest communication surrounded with love and grace will give your changing relationship its absolute best opportunity. Okay, here's one more thing that we need to stop expecting. Stop expecting to change them. That is God's job now. Now, this is hard. Parents are experts at seeing where our kids need to grow. They are. I mean, we can identify it. We can identify it when they were under our roof, right? And we can still see it even after they move out and they move on with their life. And even though we can keenly see changes that need to be made. The hard part is that we're no longer the authority to address those needed growth points, unless, of course, they ask. And if they ask, they, you know, we can certainly offer our wisdom and share our concerns. But if they don't, we have to keep our comments to ourselves and keep our concerns in prayer. And that is hard for us. Oh my goodness. So very, very hard. So we need to let go of expectations. All right. What else do we need to let go of? The second thing we need to let go of is opinions. <laughs> we need to let go of opinions. This kind of goes into that last expectation of expecting to change them. Yeah. You know, you don't like your son's beard keep it shut. You don't like your daughter's hair color, keep it shut. You don't like how your kids are managing their money, you got to keep it shut. I like to say that empty nest parents now belong to the keep it shut club. And it's not easy. One of the ways that I have found that is helpful for keeping it shut is a uh, to remember to pray, don't say. I will literally like preach that to myself. Pray, don't say. Jill, pray, 
don't say. And I'll talk to the Lord about it. I will burn God's ears on it. But that helps me to resist the urge to say something that actually might hurt our relationship in some way. Um, So we got to let go of opinions, opinions about their life, opinions about the choices that they're making. Um, You know, if you are, let me back up for a moment. I am assuming that we're talking about kids that are living on their own. Okay. Now, if you have a college student and you're paying for their college, then you can still have some expectations and you can still have some, uh, you need to, you know, you can leverage uh, opinions and concerns and express those things because they still are under your care and your authority. So I'm talking about kids that are literally on their own, whether they're doing that well or they're not doing it well, but you're, they're not asking you for help. They're, um, they're living on their own. And so that is, if, you know, if they ask you for, if they ask you to help with money or something like that, then you suddenly call the shots again. And you have to ask them if that's really what they want. So, you know, that's a, a, a different ball game. Um, but one of the things that's important in letting go of opinions is recognizing that there are going to be things that are going to be happening in your child's life that you do not agree with, but that you need to accept as a reality of their choices. Accepting doesn't mean agreeing with. It means that you accept the reality of their struggles, their decisions, but it doesn't mean that you agree with it. And I think that a lot of times parents feel like if I accept my child, let's just say your child is living with their boyfriend or girlfriend, okay? And you don't believe that that is a right decision. Uh, you, You believe that that will have consequences down the road. You don't believe it's wise, all of that. And so you know, sometimes what parents will do in those settings is they'll they'll break off relationship. They don't agree with the, the decisions their child is making. And they feel like if they accept them, then they will be agreeing with them. And then and then that will compromise their own standards, uh, their own beliefs. Uh, But the truth is that you can accept your child and not agree with them. Usually it takes one comment, not one comment, one conversation uh, to, you know, just let them know you are concerned about uh, the choices that they're making, but you love them. You always love them. Your love is never at stake and you just want the best for them. And then that is the end of the conversation. There's no more. You don't keep bringing it up. They know where you stand on the subject. And then you accept. You love, you accept, and you love them well, uh, even in the midst of disagreeing with their life choices. I love what Louis Giglio said. I saw it once on Instagram. He said, Maturing is realizing how many things don't require your comment. 
oh my goodness. So we need to let go of expectations and let go of opinions. All right. Number three, we need to let go of traditions. Let go of traditions. Oh my goodness, this is hard because traditions are often the thing that pulled us together as a family. You know, we did birthdays a certain way. We do holidays a certain way, all of that. And it's kind of, you know, we think, well, this is what defines our family. These are our traditions. The thing is now your child is going in creating their own new family and their own new life. Maybe they're not married or have children yet, but they're creating their own world and they get to create new traditions. And we have to realize the importance of that. They get to create new traditions and those may conflict. Remember, they're not going to have the same priorities you have anymore necessarily. And so they may conflict with your old traditions. So one of the things that, um, particularly when it comes to the holidays, this is hard, I think, for families that are in transition, you know, from um, the original family of origin and now their kids are growing. And sometimes you're in the messy middle where you still have kids at home and you have kids that are out on their own. So you have to keep up some traditions for those kids that are at home, but you have to respect that the kids that are out on their own may not either value them the same way or may be starting their own traditions. And you have to give them the freedom to do that. So one of the things we found helpful, particularly at holidays, is to separate the what from the when. So, you know, the hard part about as your family grows is, and especially as your your kids become adults and they marry um, and have or have a boyfriend, girlfriend, and then that side of the relationship also has to navigate family relationships. Um, it becomes harder. You know, it's harder to do Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving and Christmas on Christmas um, because the other family would like that as well. So separating the what from the when is very, very helpful because what it will do is say, you know what, it doesn't matter whether we celebrate on Thanksgiving Day or not. It matters that we celebrate and that we gather as a family. So let's figure out what will work best for as many of us as possible. Probably the biggest benefit to doing it on Christmas or on Thanksgiving is the fact that, you know, most workplaces are shut down. But we have to be willing to give our kids the gift of holiday freedom. And that is not easy, but it is important. And honestly, sometimes the biggest gift that empty nest parents give in the holidays is the gift of guilt. Let's not do that. Let's give the gift of holiday freedom. Um, Hey, you know, a month before Thanksgiving, what's Thanksgiving looking like? Or maybe if your kids have multiple If you have multiple kids that are married, maybe you ask them if they could work together to kind of get on the same alternating schedule with their spouse's family, if possible. So maybe one, you know, one Thanksgiving is 
uh, everybody gathers on Thanksgiving. And then the next year, your family gathers on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And um, you, you alternate that. So maybe the year that you don't have, the, you don't get to see the kids on Thanksgiving, you do get to see them on Christmas and it alternates. Um, so I know one of our daughters and her husband uh, do that. They alternate all the holidays. Um, and, you know, with knowing that, then the other kids can line up to that if possible. Um, now our other kids have family locally, so it's not so difficult because there's no travel involved. But let's let's let go of the traditions that have served you well raising your family. Create new traditions for yourselves as empty nesters. Um, if you're single, for yourself as an empty nester, create new traditions that that serve you well, and then give your kids the freedom to uh, start their own. Here's the other thing. You can also do a tradition audit, which sounds funny, but think about the traditions your family has for whatever it is, birthdays, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, even Memorial Weekend, Labor Day Weekend, if you did special things, and ask them, you know, how important is it you know, when you think of home, what do you think of at Christmas? Or how important is it that we have pizza and popcorn on New Year's Eve? You know, those kind of questions that will help them leverage out and tell you what is important to them and what isn't important to them. And sometimes some of the things that you were breaking your back over and killing yourself for, you realize, oh, that wasn't even at the top of their uh, of their list. So uh, sometimes a holiday audit can also help you to figure out what really is important and what you can let go of. All right, so we need to let go of expectations, let go of opinions, let go of traditions. Number four, we need to let go of our child's problems. Ooh, this is hard. It is because as parents, we are so used to helping them solve their problems. We are so used to rescuing them. And, you know, when they're younger, to some degree, I mean, that is part of our job. Although if we did that up through the teen years, we probably didn't really serve them well. We started to enable without actually realizing it. So we have to let go of their problems, not enable them. And here's the deal. When does helping enable? When it's actually not helping your child make progress. So we had one of our, our kids um, that uh, has struggled with a lot of mental health issues, um, has struggled as uh, has struggled launching in general. And it has um, been very, very difficult. He has had issues with the law, um, which we've told him he will never get bail money. We will never bail him out. Um, uh, we won't co-sign on anything because it would uh, be disastrous, likely disastrous for us. And uh, for a season, you know, he lived with us, 
but he wasn't making progress. And we got to the place where we said, is our help helping? And we had to go, no, it's not. It's not helping him. And so, you know, we sat him down and said, you've got 30 days to figure out where you're going to live, where you're going to work, because you living here is not helping you. Uh, It's enabling you to not move forward. And that's not healthy for you. It's not even healthy for us. My friend Brenda Yoder, who has also written on the empty nest season of life. In fact, her book is called Fledge. And it's more about when your kids are getting ready to leave the nest. They're fledging out of the nest. And uh, one of the things that she talks about in her book, Fledge, and that she taught at my empty nest retreat that she and I did uh, together about a year ago, which by the way, we hope to do those again in the future. Currently, tentatively, I have one planned for fall of 2021. So hoping to do that in the fall of 2021, the, the Empty Nest Full Life Mom Retreat. But anyway, Brenda uh, talks about in her book, Fledge, don't steal the struggle. And I love that because I think a lot of times as parents, we want to fly in and we want to fix it. And we steal the struggle from our kids. The struggle is actually what makes them stronger. The struggle is what gives them confidence when they can get to the other side of the struggle. The struggle is what teaches them lessons. So don't steal the struggle. Yes, it's painful to watch them struggle. It's painful to watch them make decisions that will hurt their family. You know, maybe you've got a kid that has struggled with money or income or work and you see their car get repossessed. It's like you want to just be like, no, and you want to fix it. You want to give them the money. And it's like, no, they they have to learn a lesson from that struggle. So we can't steal the struggle. That's a part of letting go of your child's problems. They have to struggle through it. They have to learn the lessons from it. All right. We have to let go of expectations. We have to let go of opinions. We have to let go of traditions. We have to let go of our child's problems. Number five, we need to let go of idols. Okay. This one's a little different. We have to let go of idols. All right. What do I mean by that? Without realizing it, oftentimes we put our kids' choices, their appearance on a pedestal that says they either make us look good or they make us look bad. And if we are concerned about what people think, then we struggle with the idol of pride. That is hard to hear, but it is true. So uh, one of our uh, sons, uh, our adopted son, has fathered two children outside of marriage. And um, that has been really, really 
difficult for us. One child was adopted and uh, a family member adopted that child, um, which means that I have a grandbaby niece. So um, think about that for a little bit. Um, I'm telling you people, life is messy. Life is messy. And we that's, that's why this is called the No More Perfect Podcast, because we talk about the messy stuff of life here. Um, I remember, though, the first time that, you know, when we got the call and he said, you know, it was a live-in girlfriend was pregnant. And, I mean, they couldn't even pay their electric bill. So I'm thinking, honestly, at that point, I'm going to be the first person to call DCFS and and say there's no way a child should be born into that home. But um, thankfully, they decided to give her up for adoption and a family member stepped in and uh, adopted her. But I remember my first thought was, what will people think? And I knew in that moment when I was really able to distill down that I had the idol of pride. And that wasn't easy to admit to, but it was true. So I had made my son's behavior an idol, and I was using him to define myself. And here's the deal. In order to have a healthy relationship with our kids, we have to let go of our idols. This will kill their relationship. You will, as long as you make their behavior an idol or you make their relationship look a certain way, it's an idol and you will have trouble letting go of opinions. You will have trouble letting go of expectations because you will be in control mindset so that they make you look good and make you feel good about yourself. What are some other idols that we deal with? Worry is an idol. Worry is the worship of our circumstances. <laughs> you might say, but isn't that my job as a parent? Well, sometimes it seems like it ought to be because we do it so well. <laughs> but it's a complete waste of our time and energy. It accomplishes nothing. And its fruit is anxiety. Okay? The Bible tells us, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? So that is an idol. Worry. Identity. I already talked about that as an idol. Control is an idol. You know, when control raises its ugly head, when we try to be the Holy Spirit in somebody else's life, this is hard. And we struggle with control when our happiness is determined by whether things occur according to our plans or our desire. Honestly, I want you to think about that. You can have joy no matter what the circumstances are. But oftentimes, control is carried out incognito. So, for instance, like, you got to resist the urge to hint at your adult children to start giving you grandchildren. That is passive-aggressive control. You got to resist the urge to make your spouse or your kids feel guilty for choosing something other than what you would choose. Because that is manipulative control. You got to resist the urge to work to get your way by telling only part of the story. That is deceptive control. 
And you got to resist the urge to react with fear when things don't go your way because that is panic control. So how do we let go of idols? This is where faith comes in. In the book of Matthew, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, we often think about that verse for when we're physically weary or emotionally tired or just plain worn out. But I want you to notice one word that was in there, and it was the word burdened. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Okay. I think oftentimes empty nest parents are burdened. And so we have to give those burdens to God and we have to trust that he's at work in their life, even when we can't see it. Go back to what we were talking about earlier. Pray. Don't say. Just keep laying it at his feet. Keep talking to him about it and keep trusting that he loves your kids even more than you can ever imagine. And I know you can't even imagine that because you think you love them the absolute most, but God loves them even more. Okay, so we have to let go of expectations, opinions, traditions, your child's problems, idols, and then finally we have to let go of guilt. Have to let go of guilt. Oh my goodness. And it will raise its ugly head over and over. This is not a once and done. This is a layered piece. Every empty nest parent, every parent letting go, every parent that is launching their children, quite frankly, every parent, okay, let's just say every parent deals with guilt because we look back in the rear view mirror of our life and we go, Oh, I wish I would have handled that better. Oh, I wish I would have done that better. I wish I would have handled that situation better. I wish I would have talked to my kids about. I wish I would have devoted more time to. Every one of us does it. Here's what I want you to know. You did the absolute best you could with the information you had at that time. Now, you have more information. Now, You can see things through a different lens and a different perspective. You've grown. They've grown. Maybe you even see their personality in a different way. Maybe you better understand them now as an adult that you didn't understand when they were a teenager. And so you can can beat yourself up over that. We have to replace guilt with grace. Give yourself grace. The grace to be imperfect. The grace that recognizes that growth has happened and now you see things in a different way. You may need to go through the process of forgiveness, like choosing to forgive yourself. Lord, forgive me for, you know, that time that my child got in trouble with the law and I swooped in and fixed it for them. And now I see that they're not owning their own behavior and the consequences of their behavior. 
you know, maybe, I mean, there's very real things that sometimes we didn't do or we did do that can affect our kids in their adult years. But the only way to handle that is, and if we don't learn how to move from guilt to grace, what we'll do is we'll try to make up for it. And that is not helpful, not helpful at all. Now, if you want to own it and apologize to them and to let them know, I was thinking the other day about, you know, when that situation happened, when you were a freshman in high school, and I don't think I handled that well. And I want to apologize for that and ask for your forgiveness. That's powerful. You go right on ahead. You will probably um, connect to the heart of your child in a deeper way than you could, you know, in any other way. So, you know, if you feel a conviction, a, a conviction is healthy because conviction is a part of growth. Just don't let conviction move into condemnation. That's where the enemy wants to start whispering lies. That's not going to be helpful at all. So if you experience conviction, you need to go through the process of forgiveness or just simply to give yourself the grace, the grace space to be human, to have not gotten everything right. Um, But you learned your lessons. You um, move forward in a different way. And that is a beautiful gift for you to give to your adult child. And, you know, I've, uh, if you listened to podcast episode number one, I talked about my journey in um, stopping being a buck up mom, uh, because God has taught me a lot about compassion over the last probably 10 years. And that is a place where I relate to my adult children in a very different way than I did when they were growing up. Do I wish that I had more compassion when they were growing up? Absolutely. I wish I had, but I didn't know it then. I didn't understand it then. So now I do have compassion. I am much more empathetic and it's a beautiful gift for me to give to my kids even now. So what I want you to know is it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to leverage growth in your relationship with your, even your adult kids. So hopefully this has been helpful in identifying those things that you and I desperately need to let go of Um, because it is easy to just keep doing the same things over and over again. But here's the deal. You have to actually forge a new relationship with kids that launch and leave the home. It looks different. It is different than what you've been doing for the last 20 years. And that is probably what makes it so difficult is because suddenly the rules change. Uh, The strategies change. But I will promise you If you will learn to let go of expectations, if you will let go of opinions, if you will let go of traditions, if you will let go of your child's problems, if you will let go of idols and you'll let go of guilt, you will experience a freedom. You will experience um, the greatest possibility of connecting with your adult 
child's heart. And you will much more experience the possibility of having an empty nest and a full life. If this has been helpful, I want you to know um, that um, the Empty Nest Full Life book is chock full of this kind of information plus, um, and the Empty Nest Full Life journal goes right along with it. Um, I also want you to know that if you are entering into the Empty Nest world and maybe you've got a child going off to college um, very soon in the near future, I have a, uh, it's a free resource and it's the, your complete college packing guide. And I will make sure to put a link to the Empty Nest Full Life website, um, as well as where you can get the um, complete college packing guide. That is a great resource, especially for those of you that are in the messy middle, meaning you're starting to send them off and um, you are uh, starting to learn how to let go. And it is an exciting season of time, but it is an important season of time for us to transition, change, and to let go. Uh, Philippians 4.13 is the uh, verse that has carried me through, and that is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can let go of expectations. I can let go of opinions. I can let go of traditions. I can let go of my child's problems. I can let go of idols. I can let go of guilt through Christ who gives me strength. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.